Okay, podcast recording. How's everyone doing? Well, I hope, I hope y'all are doing well. So, alright, we got video recording. Hey, this is Big John on Americana, the American way. I can't sleep, so I'm going to do some podcasting. And I'm going to get into a few things tonight. One was this uh, headline I found funny about a, a mayor in Rochester, New York. The headline clickbaited me because it said it just said New York mayor, and I thought, oh boy, that's that's got to be you know De Blasio. Well, it's not. It's a a mayor from the state of New York, Rochester specifically. Um, AOC and the squad uh, are confused on. <laughs> Uh, this Cuba thing, the, what's going on down in Cuba, Cuba, and uh, Glenn Beck spoke at CPAC recently, uh, the most recent conservative political action conference, and I, I want to hit some of the highlights of uh, his CPAC speech, because it was very, very informative. Uh, he has a, an organization called Mercury One that is uh, buying up historical documents and uh, is working with PragerU, I think, or he's going to do something in the spirit of PragerU and Edumatatus on... Uh, American history, real history, and he's got the documents to back it up, unlike some groups that, yeah, they have documents, but they're shrouded in uh, very, uh, very, uh, a mystery wrapped in an enigma inside a bunch of bullshit there, so, got this new cigar it's it's uh an out where is it let's see here it's an alec bradley cigar called uh kinsagi kinsugi kinsagi k-i-n-t-s-u-g-i the guy recommended it to me this is a lot uh skinnier and uh smaller than a cigar I would normally smoke but he promised me the flavor was outstanding and he had it the box on the shelf was empty he had to climb up and get one down from the the top shelf this is what these are the cigars I like these these fat boys can you see that that's what I like big this is a seven by uh, seven by (laughs) seventy cigar it's also an Alec Bradley. I don't know what... Uh, something about Texas. There's something with Texas. Texas Lacerno. L-A-N-C-E-R-O. I don't know if that stands for Lancer. But it's big as shit. I'm saving this for tonight. 
when I'm watching pay-per-view wrestling. It, look, it looks, it's got a good uh, medium color to it. Uh, it's fat, it's a 70 gauge. So, see how good that tastes. And I'll tell you how good this Kinsagi is as I get started here. But uh, while I fire, fire up my cigar, I guess we just call this one a cigar. Tastes a little, tastes a little flavor just by. I, I, by flavor, I mean the spice is not like grape or cherry or orange. It's got a nice little, little flavor to it. We'll see how it goes when I spark it up. Uh, this is for the, uh, for the mayor of Rochester, New York. Though let's have a little Warren Zevon. Lawyers, guns, and money. Warren Zevon from Youngstown, Ohio. Great musician. Passed uh, quite a few years ago, but still too too young, too talented. And he was like in his fifties, but still. You looking for trouble? You came to the right place. You looking for trouble? Take a look at my face. I was born standing up and talking back. Daddy was a green-eyed man. Well, I'm evil. My middle name is Misery. Yes, I'm evil. and money for the Democrat mayor of Rochester, New York. Mayor hit with firearms char charges and endangering a child. Another example of the Democrat ideal, ideology, idea, philosophy of rules for ye not for me. Let's see what's happening here. Well, I got the state police out there. 
talking on their cell phones. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Click X on the advertisement. Because gosh no, we just can't live without advertising. This has a nice little peppery taste to it. With cigar, that is, not the article. Don't you hate it when your articles taste like pepper? Just ru ru ruins everything. Anyways, uh, things have gotten worse for embattled New York mayor who had her home raided this year as part of a drug investigation. Well, Rochester, <laughs> you, you, need, you might need to get a new mayor. Rochester, New York, Mayor Lovely. That's her name. That's not a descriptive term. I have not seen a picture of the woman. Mayor Lovely Warren and her husband, Timothy Garrison. They have different last names, but they are husband and wife. The mayor and her husband have been charged with criminal possession of a firearm. Two counts of failure to secure firearms in a home and two counts of endangering the welfare of a child. Well, the May 19th search of the home by state police was related to Garrison, 42, who also faces federal charges related to alleged drug trafficking. Now, I, I, we've had some problems with mayors in my hometown. Uh, there's some FBI investigating going on in the city of East Liverpool to the north of me, but we ain't had a mayor with a live-in drug trafficker yet. So I guess we're doing okay compared to Rochester, New York, which is a, a, a fairly good-sized city. Uh, anyways, Garrison 42, alleged drug trafficking conspiracy. Authorities found a rifle and pistol inside the home where the couple's 10-year-old daughter was left alone, resulting in the charges. The mayor said she and her husband have been estranged for a long time, but her 10-year-old mayor has been plagued with controversy. She was indicted in a campaign finance fraud case in October. Prosecutors alleged she broke finance laws during the last election campaign four years ago, the treasurers of her campaign and political action committees were also charged. Well, it seems like we got a crooked mayor here. Even if her and her husband are estranged, uh, separated, he, he's doing something out of her house if that's the, the place the police are raiding for drugs and guns. Uh, faced with calls to resign in the summer of 2020, over the death of Daniel Prude, a black man who died after police officers placed a hood over him and pressed him into the pavement until he stopped breathing. Police officials stayed silent about the death for months afterwards until Prude's family obtained body cam footage of the thing, uh, of the encounter, pardon me. After the drug raid in May, the mayor said, she believed the raid was the investigate, investigation were rooted in politics. 
drug trafficking is a really big deal. That takes, it's not like, you know, dropping a bag of weed and calling the police and saying, hey, the mayor's got a bag of weed in her house. That's a big, drug trafficking is a big old ordeal. Uh, and it was the allegedly estranged husband trafficking. After the drug raid in May, the mayor said she believed uh, we're rooted in politics. I already read that. We still need to ask ourselves why. Why would they do this now? Because they saw, like you saw, that the moment was building in our favor in the mayoral race. I was going to be found innocent in my election law case because I did nothing wrong. Let's ask ourselves why. After I announced that I was going forward with reparations and universal basic income, they saw like you saw. How does a mayor invoke reparations in her city? I mean, that's a huge deal. So somehow the state police choose to target her uh, in these raids because they couldn't get her on a campaign finance law violation. Sounds like she's trying to do the old shell game and just move things around the board until uh, the public loses its uh, loses their interest. And I hope that does not happen. Universal basic income. You're the mayor of a, a, a city. You're not the... How do you dole out a universal basic income to the residents of a city without bankrupting the city or I mean you're gonna tax the highest income people they'll just get up and move none of what this person's doing makes any sense unless she's on drugs <laughs> well, could be let's ask ourselves the exact time that the police are knocking on my door. The New York Times, all the way from Manhattan, were here sending me an email asking about this. Finally, we need to ask ourselves, why is this not about politics? Why is this about Tim's, the mayor's husband, next court date in June? Well, I thought they were estranged, so why, why is her house being raided and used by him for uh, keeping his guns and his drugs there, evidently. Uh, anyways, his court date, June 24th, the day before the primary. Now, that's quite the coincidence. I'm sure it is a coincidence, because you're a screwed up person from the sounds of things. You want to take money from people for reparations in a city. How do you do that to the people of a city? I can understand it a little bit on a national level because there's more uh, people and money to draw from, from for reparations. I can understand universal basic income at the, the national level because <clears throat> it's, uh, again, a bigger pool of tax dollars to draw from. Now, I am not in favor of either, but these are very large amounts of money you're thinking about here. 
where are, where does a mayor of a city, even a city the size of Rochester, get this money? So she's obviously got some radical ideas uh, and is evidently into some drugs, too. Uh, just strange. But, yeah, you know, the Democrats, you know, they have these guns. I'm sure she's for the legalization of drugs. So, you know, this is another rules for ye and not for me. Brought to you by your local corrupt Democrat. So, come back here and talk about AOC finally opening up about the uh, Cuban issue. Listen to this, kids. Our next guest is one of the most intelligent writers and performers on the music scene today. On the music scene today, yes, exactly. On the music scene, yes. His new album is called Hindu Love Gods. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to this program. Fresh from the music scene today, Warren Zevon. to Americana, The American Way. I am Big John. Find me on Parlor at The Real Big John. So, there's been uh, these riots going on in Cuba. Protests, pardon me. Uh, peaceful protests, mind you. Uh, and they've been waving the American flag and chanting freedom. And... The media and the left are trying to spin this in every way they can to blame the United States. So after being quiet for a while, AOC and the Democrat Socialist uh, uh, wing of the party have decided to speak up. Black Lives Matter spoke out a few uh weeks ago when it started uh, in a very anti-American way, but uh, the Floridian, FloridianPress.com, has this article up, AOC finally breaks silence by echoing uh, BLM blaming U.S. absurdly cruel embargo for protests. Okay. Rep. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has finally broke her silence. That's because she was waiting to see what happened and see whose side she should be on. She doesn't have the spine, the courage, the confidence that everybody thinks. She is not a leader. She is not intelligent. She was a waitress, a bartender, whatever you want to call it. And I am the proud son of a hard-working waitress. I don't have anything against working-class people. But she got her position because she answered a casting call 
for people that were electable and had a good look by this uh, group called Justice Democrats or Justice Democrats. Uh, and that's how Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez got where she is. Back to the story. Uh, echoing Black Lives Matter, BLM, recent statement that condemns the United States for the absurdly cruel trade embargo levied against the communist country. Now, the United States is one country that has an embargo against Cuba. We are nearer to them than many of their allied countries, uh, Iran, which offers nothing to the world except terrorists, uh, Russia, which offers nothing to the world, period, and China, which offers nothing to the world except slavery of Uyghur Muslims and uh, your iPhone. So, we see the Cubans rise up and protest for their rights like never before. That is true, because Cuba is one of the most repressive dictatorships in history. Has been since uh, Castro and Che Guevara took control uh, 60 some years ago, 60 years ago, maybe 61, whatever. We stand in solidarity with them and condemn anti-democratic actions led by President Diaz-Canal. She is actually, for the first time, being relatively intelligent and calculating in what she does. Okay. She released this statement in Spanish late Thursday night. It says, The suppression of the media, speech, and protest are seriously viol serious violations of basic human rights. We must name the contribution of the United States to, the, to Cuban suffering, pardon me. Our embargo for almost 60 years, the statement continues. Well, the bar embargo is there because the communists are just going to take all of the money, all of the goods that are worth anything and keep it at the top for themselves, which is what ultimately always happens in communism and socialism. Okay? The government, the elites, the oligarchs always get the best of the best and the rest of the common people get to eat cake. Alright? And I'm not talking about birthday cake, devil's food, angel food. Cake is uh, the stuff you scrape off the bottom of the oven when you clean it. Last last month, once again, the UN voted overwhelmingly to call on the United States to lift its embargo on Cuba. The embargo is absurdly cruel and like too many other U.S. policies targeting Latin Americans. The cruelty is the point. And that's not true. We, How many embargoes do we have against Latin American countries? 
I mean, Cuba is the only one I can think of. Maybe Venezuela. But Venezuela's got a lot of other problems of its own. Uh, mainly socialism. Uh, and a dictator president who chased out a democratically elected president. But she doesn't talk about that. I outright reject the Biden administration's defense of the embargo, AOC concludes. It is never acceptable for us to use cruelty as a point of leverage against everyday people. Where well, we're not using it against the everyday people, you dits. We're using it against their government. If the government doesn't have... Uh, the ability, let's say, to export cigars to the United States. That's a, that hurts them on their tax base, on their trade ability. And frankly, for the last 60 years since Cuba has fallen to the communist, they've had nothing to offer other than that. You know, Cuba used to be a paradise for American vacationers mainly the mafia but nonetheless you know there were ho huge hotel resorts in Cuba that are now you know crumbling it used to be a, a great beautiful island getaway and then Castro and Che Guevara said no communism is the way let's revolt uh, and uh, overthrow um, I can't remember his name now but anyway, it's a really good Joey Diaz joke about it. Uh, so anyways, the communists overthrew a democratically elected president who may have been a, an SOB, but he was our SOB. And he let we traded with them. And Cuba was a bustling, booming place. And then communists took over. Socialism, then communism. Always ends that way. AOC remained radio silent on social media for almost a week. Yeah, because she was playing her cards, waiting to see where the popularity would be. Waiting to see what the popular choice, what side for her to take and how to take the side. Because she knows her socialist ideas are at work in Cuba. That's what's destroyed the Cuban economy. Uh, communism, which is the end result of socialism. She doesn't want to admit that, though. So she had to play her cards and wait and see where the rest of the world lined up. And, okay, I better say something now. You know, come on. Meanwhile, fellow... Squad members, including Reps Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, have continued to make re, continue to remain radio silent on the unrest on social media, ignoring the Cuban protesters demanding freedom against the country's communist dictatorship as they plea for the United States to save them. The Cuban people are asking the United States to come to their rescue. They want American help. They want American help in get rid of, getting rid of their dictator, communist leader. 
They're waving American flags. They're chanting freedom. They want what AOC and the squad and Biden want to take away from <coughs> Americans. Like what they've done to some of the idiots that were in the wrong place, wrong time on January 6th. Yes, our government is holding people in captivity without representation, without access to lawyers. And hey, that's what happens in Cuba. So I guess she had to wait and say, well, now let me make sure this uh, isn't, you know, their January 6th and I can... You know, then make my statement about Latin Americans. This has nothing to do with punishing Latin Americans. The Cuban people are reaching out to the United States for help. The United States should be helping them. There's a huge Cuban population uh, in, uh, in South Florida. There are recent Cuban immigrants like the rapper, singer Pitbull who will tell AOC how horrible it is in Cuba thanks to the communists. And that's who our embargo is against, is against the communist government, not against the people. So she bided her time, waited till she thought the time was right, and she could, you know, then uh, spat her anti-American rhetoric and try to say that we are, you know, racist and trying to hurt the Latin people of Cuba, which is bullshite. I'm going to delve into Glenn Beck's CPAC speech because I found it very educational and informative, and it's going to uh, the. The Mercury One project that he's working on is going to be something, hopefully, a little revolutionary here. So we'll be right back momentarily. Let me get the podcast going. Still working on this cigar, the Kinsagi by Alec Bradley. It's not bad. It has a good flavor to it. Good body. Bit of a slow draw. The way I like my cigars. Here we go. A little spot down there, it wasn't burning as fast as the rest. It's not bad. Or you shouldn't sniff them while they're smoking, but got a good little flavor to it. I like it. Something different than what I've been smoking, so just peel some of this label back so we got more room to smoke. 
It's got a very nice label to it. You can see that. So, at CPAC, Glenn Beck came out, had no plan, he said, for what he was going to speak about. But uh, he says he's collected 120,000 historic documents uh, for his Mercury One project. He got quite a bit into slavery and put out a lot of facts that I, I didn't know and I think will be helpful to people now that slavery is a, a, a huge debate, a huge divide in America. Uh, the left is using this to divide us. Um, talked about indigenous people like Native Americans. Said 20 to 40 percent of indigenous people were enslaved by other indigenous people. That's rather interesting. From 1501 to 1875, Portugal was the number one slave country in the world, not the United States like uh, the left liberals want you to believe. In fact, of all the slaves in the world, only 2.4% were in the United States. Now, this is still wrong. It's still terrible. We don't endorse slavery. But he says there were 12 million slaves 400 years ago. Why aren't we fighting for the 40 million slaves today? We've talked on this podcast about the Uyghur Muslims that are in internment camps in China being re-educated, and once they're re-educated, then they can enter the supposed workforce where they work for nothing in, uh, let's just call them sweatshops, making technology and shoes and everything you buy in America, sadly enough. Uh, he said that <clears throat> Mercury One, his Mercury One project, has bought uh, historical documents of the Pilgrims and Jamestown. Jamestown was the first uh, settlement in the United States. And of course, we know Plymouth Rock was a settlement. Not 1619 when the slave ships arrived at Jamestown, but in 1646, a slave ship arrived at Plymouth. The pilgrims, or what were they called? Not the Protestants. Whoa, you know what I'm saying. The pilgrims there freed the slaves and arrested the owner of the slaves and the ship's captain for people trafficking. He said that the first slave owned in America was owned by Anthony Johnson, a black man from Virginia. He owned an African-American slave, a black man. He brought this man over as an indentured servant he then, when the man's time of servitude was up, 
he took the man to court and said, you haven't done enough to work off your debt to me. So he sued him in Virginia court and was awarded this other black man as a slave. So, also under the first slave laws, whites and Native Americans or Indians were allowed to be slaves. New England was the first major area in the world to start abolishing slavery. The first area in the world. So New England, you're talking about Massachusetts, Delaware, uh, New York, that region was the first part of the world to start abolishing slavery. Get that. So the first abolitionist laws were passed in the United States. And this is pre-emancipation proclamation, by the way. Uh, he also points out that the only place in the world where white people killed white people to free black people was the United States. We fought a war over slavery. Don't let any other don't let any other poppycock tell you otherwise. Also, by the way, the Republican Party, which is supposed to be the party of racists, the first 13 black congressional representatives were Republicans. Did you know that? <clears throat> the first black people to serve in the Congress of the United States were Republicans, the first 13. Jefferson writes about slavery in his original draft of the Constitution. Uh, the Declaration of Independence, he talks about being against King George's slavery. Unfortunately, there were two colonies that voted against the slavery clause. Two colonies. Well, the Declaration of Independence had to be unanimous in order for the French to come into the Revolutionary War on our side. We had to be 13 united colonies. So, it, after the Declaration of Independence was passed, in future years, Republicans did what Democrats do, uh, or I should say our founding fathers. We weren't divided on two-party lines back then as much as we are now. But incrementally, slowly, we started to pass laws to stop slavery. Okay? So, even though the original draft of the Constitution and the Declaration did not abolish slavery, incrementally we took our time uh, as good God-fearing Republicans and 
started to slowly eradicate slavery. Little here, a little there. Starting in New England. The left doesn't want us to know about the founding documents and the founding men, as he said. Uh, the KKK was the Antifa for the Democrat Party at it, of its time. It was the law, the terrorist, I like to call it, arm of the Democrat Party. He had a document that showed a 1932 poll tax for the Democratic primary. He showed a white Democratic primary ballot. This is for the whites to vote in the Democratic primary. If you were black, you didn't get to vote in the Democrat primary. Woodrow Wilson has a book, uh, had written history books. Remember I, I always say Woodrow Wilson and Lyndon Baines Johnson were our most racist presidents uh, up since till Joe Biden, or Joe Biden is the most racist president we've had since Lyndon Johnson and Woodrow Wilson. Wilson wrote a series of history books, History of the United States, and in his history books, he depicts blacks as being part monkey. Horrible, terrible. Such a son of a bitch. John, uh, Woodrow Wilson was so racist. The first film shown in the White House was during the uh, Woodrow Wilson presidency. And guess what it was? Birth of a Nation a Ku Klux Klan propaganda film showing the Klan as the saviors of the nation. Terrible, disgusting President Woodrow Wilson. Another Democrat president and the United States government took guns. Now, they're all coming after our guns, right? Took guns from the Native Americans at Wounded Knee and didn't even do it in a fair fight. They raided the camp in the middle of the night, slaughtering people. And now the government says they want to take our guns for our own good. Very, very interesting. The history of the government taking away people's guns. Margaret Sanger, I believe this is the uh, founder of Planned Parenthood. She had an IQ patrol because she said feeble-minded people have a high fertility rate. Sound familiar? Sounds like when the Nazis killed people that were feeble-minded to get them out of the gene pool. There's a group founded by American liberals in a liberal universities back in the day. These were by American academics. Uh, it's called the Human Betterment Foundation. 
They took their philosophies to the Nazis in 1936. They said, we see what you're, what you're doing, and we, we like your, your ideas. Here's some more things for you. Here's what the Nazis had to say about liberal academia, people like Margaret Sanger. <clears throat> your work has played a part in shaping people shaping the people behind Hitler, you have jolted into action a government plan. That's what the Nazis said of the American progressives and the Human Betterment Foundation in liberal academia back in 1936. Talk about racism in the Democratic Party. Uh, every year, around around President's Day or close to it, as close as possible, Republican county organizations all over Ohio, at least I know, and probably all over the country, have a Lincoln Day dinner. Democrats have an FDR dinner. Did you know, there's a guy named Jesse Owens, from the great state of Ohio, by the way, and Ohio State University. Go Buckeyes. Jesse Owens uh, actually signed a book that Glenn Beck owns. And that signature book is of the gold medalist who supposedly met with Hitler. Now, we don't know that Jesse Owens met with Hitler, but one person we know he didn't meet with was Franklin Delano Roosevelt. FDR did not have this groundbreaking Jesse Owens at the White House after he won many Olympic gold medals in the Nazi capital right in front of Hitler destroying the master race bullshit uh, of Germany also remember we have this black eye in our history where we rounded up Asian Americans and took them to camps even though the military said they were no threat that's new information. The military told FDR that the Japanese and Asian Americans in the West were no threat to the United States war effort. In fact, some segregated, some of the most decorated units in World War II were made up of Japanese Americans. They weren't allowed to fight in the Pacific Theater, but they did fight in the European Theater, and they were very highly decorated because they had something to prove. They wanted to prove their loyalty and their love of America was greater 
than the mistakes made by the American government. <coughs> There's a lady named Rito Soto. I hope... I was trying to write this down as Glenn was talking, but... So I'm not sure if I got her name, her first name right. But we'll call her Rito Soto. She was a Japanese-American, born in the United States. She kept all the things that she got in the prison camp in Wyoming, uh, while she was in Wyoming. Not the best place to be in the dead of winter. But they took her from a farmhouse uh, prison camp in the southwest during the hot summer into a farmhouse prison camp in the nice cold winter. And she didn't show her family while she was alive what she had in this box that she had kept from her time in the prison camp in Wyoming. But she went to the prison guards and she asked for paper and crayons. And she had the children draw pictures of Japanese and white children holding hands. She said, because that's what America is all about. He says, Rito Soto was a red, white, and blue American. She knew that America stood for more than the mistakes that our government makes. And she wanted, her kids didn't want to keep this box because it, it held so much pain for them from their mother's time in the prison camp or their grandmother's time, whoever uh, held this box. So they gave it to Glenn Beck to add to his collection to explain to people that she knew that America was bigger and better than these mistakes that we're told to dwell on and hold a grudge over ourselves for. I do not think we should celebrate the Japanese internment camps in the United States. I do not think we should celebrate slavery. I don't think we should celebrate Nazism. I've been very vocal in the fact that I hate hate but America and its ideology what America stands for the name of this podcast Americana the American Way is something bigger than individual mistakes made by our government or individual people okay and these past Americans, whether it's Jesse Owens, Rito Soto, they all understood that. There was a guy named Colonel Charles Stone who once saved Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln was getting ready to get on a train and Stone said, you can't go there. They're going to kill you if you're on that train. We've got to find another way to get you to Washington. And he did. 
But Stone believed that even the Southerners who he disagreed with and was willing to fight were still Americans. And he refused to say to his military brass, the higher-ups in the military, that I hate these people. He said, no, they are my fellow Americans. I disagree with them. I will fight them over slavery because it is wrong, but I refuse to hate them. So he was put in jail for that. Abraham Lincoln ordered him to be freed, and the jailers ignored Lincoln's order. Eventually, Stone got freed. He made his way to France to work because his reputation had been tarnished. He was the first cancel culture, if you will. He went to France to work, and finally he made his way back to America. A few years later, some military men came knocking at his door. They said, are you Charles Stone? Yes, I'm Charles Stone. They said, do you read and speak French? He said, yes. He said, well, the French sent us this uh, statue, this, this thing, but the directions are all in French and we don't know how to assemble it. So he helped the American military assemble the Statue of Liberty because the directions were all in French. See, the point that Glenn Beck was making is he did not give up on the country that shunned him because he knew it was individual men that were doing the shunning. He, did, he knew that it was not the American way to jail somebody because they refused to hate their fellow Americans. He, he knew that America was more than that. And he believed in America. So when he could return to his home country, he did. And then he helped his country assemble our beacon of freedom, the Statue of Liberty. So, folks, America, like every country on earth, is filled with mistakes, filled with imperfect people in the government and in every way of life, every walk of life. But America is not a racist country. Don't believe the critical race theorist who tell you you are inherently racist because you're an American and America is a racist country. These are people that were Jesse Owens, shunned by a president. But he kept on. He didn't denounce America as a racist country. He toured America with his gold medals proudly. Rito Soto was interned because of prejudice against Japanese Americans during World War II. 
But she said America as a whole is not a racist country. The idea of America is little white children holding hands with little Japanese children. And she told her children to draw pictures of uh, white children and Japanese children holding hands. Colonel Charles Stone knew that it was the mistakes of a few men that jailed him because he said, I refuse to hate my fellow American, even though I will fight them for the greater cause, the end of slavery. <clears throat> he returned to America because he knew America was bigger and America was more than a few people's ignorance. And that's what we need to remember. America, Americana, the American way, is bigger <clears throat> than our mistakes of the past, the present, the future. It's bigger than the racism of thousands. I don't know how big was the Ku Klux Klan when they were at their peak uh, and when the Democrat Party started. Millions. But there are millions of more millions of Americans that were not racist, that devoured the Ku Klux Klan. Me being one of them, Donald Trump being one of them. But America is bigger than her mistakes. The American way is bigger than the mistakes of the past. And that's what we've got to remember. We've got to follow in the steps of Rito Soto, Jesse Owens, Charles Stone, and come together and love each other as Americans. Or else we're doomed to destroy ourselves from within. With that, God bless you. Have a great day wherever you are. And God bless America. This is Big John on Rumble.com. It's Americana the American Way. It is Americana the American Way on Telegram. On Parlor, it is at the real Big John. Thank you all. God bless you and have a wonderful, wonderful day.